Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time that we have to spend in your word this morning. Lord, uh, your word, which is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Uh, God, that, that pierces the heart. Lord, that divides what is essential from what is non-essential. Uh, and, and so, God, I just pray that your spirit would just be active in our midst during this time. Lord, that uh, your spirit, which is already present in this place this morning, would just speak a word to us this morning, uh, Lord, about what Jesus has done for us, uh, Lord, and, and how that relates to, to how we are called to approach work and rest in this life. Uh, so, Lord, would you just uh, help us to come to a, a deeper appreciation of the rest that is available to us in Jesus this morning uh, as we open your word, and we pray this in his name, and we all said, Amen. Uh, well, uh, over the, the next few months, um, we're just going to be taking some time to uh, consider how uh, we live out our mission um, as Armstrong United Methodist Church, which is to connect people um, with Jesus. Uh, because as we talked about last week, it's, it's one thing to say that our mission is to connect people with Jesus, and it's another thing to actually live out that mission in our daily lives. Uh, because no matter where we're at on our spiritual journey, we always have a need uh, to connect with Jesus on a deeper level um, and to play a part in connecting others with Jesus as well. Um, and I believe that that can happen uh, when we do four things, when we worship, grow, serve, and go. Uh, in other words, we connect with Jesus by worshiping God together, growing in our love for God and others, serving our church, our community, and our world, uh, and going forth to connect other people uh, with Jesus as well. So over the next few months, um, we're just going to be taking a, a deeper look at how we go about doing each of those things uh, in our daily lives so we can have a better understanding of how to uh, live out our mission of connecting people with Jesus. And we're taking this month to talk about uh, connecting with Jesus through worship. And today I'd like us to explore how keeping the Sabbath can help us reclaim our lives from busyness. Busyness has become a badge of honor uh, in our culture of sorts. You know, arguably even, even a status symbol. You know, most people today, whether they realize it or not, uh, think that the more busy you are, the more important you must be. And so we run around from one activity to the next, you know, whether it's sporting events or meetings or social events or home maintenance or volunteer activities or putting in extra hours at work, sometimes even when we're supposed to be enjoying time at home. And oftentimes, if you ask someone how they are, one of the most common responses you'll get is busy. You know, I'm just so busy. I'm, I'm buried with stuff to do. I feel like I don't have room to breathe. And one of the many problems with busyness is that you're, you're usually either focused on what's happening right now or what lies ahead. You know, there's, there's little to no room for reflection and remembering in the life of a busy person. And when you're constantly living in the present, you tend to forget the most important things. Because the more, most important things in life usually won't vie for your attention like the urgent things in life. 
but rather making room for the most important things in life takes intentionality and effort. Enter in the Sabbath. The Sabbath, or a weekly day of rest, uh, is, is set aside um, for worship and rest. That's an essential part of the Christian life. And this is increasingly difficult to observe in our 24-7 culture. You know, in the past it was a little easier for Christians to, to keep the Sabbath because of blue laws that restricted certain activities on Sundays, uh, such as conducting business. But those days are now largely gone, and Sunday is not a whole lot different from any other day of the week in our culture. Businesses are open, sporting events are conducted, and the busyness of life generally presses on, even on Sundays. And while some may enjoy a level of rest on Sunday, a lot of people prioritize rest over worship, meaning that they would much rather either sleep in or do something else than attend a service of worship on a Sunday morning. So that means for many, rest is kind of torn apart from worship. And instead of of quality rest that renews and refreshes the soul, a lot of people just resort to crashing. You know, kind of think about sitting on your couch watching Netflix, eating popcorn. There's a place for that, but if that's the only rest that you have in your life... It's going to be more like kind of, you know, trying, trying to uh, recover for a short time uh, before jumping headlong into another frantic week instead of deep rest that truly refreshes and renews your soul. And while we could sit around and, you know, reminisce about the good old days and complain about the way things are now, it probably won't do a whole lot of good. And that's why instead of attempting to you know, rail against our 24-7 culture by trying to return blue laws or legalistically force the wider culture to get on board with our idea of what everyone else's schedules should look like, I think the best thing the church can do today is faithfully observe uh, the Sabbath in the midst of a 24-7 culture. Uh, And in order to do that, we need to remember why we're called to keep the Sabbath in the first place, um, which is exactly what I'd like to do this morning. Uh, Because what I believe we'll find is that honoring the Sabbath and keeping it holy is a countercultural practice that has the potential to be transformative to your life and your relationship with God. Um, so let's go ahead and open up our Bibles uh, to Hebrews chapter 4 uh, to see what it has to say to us this morning about rest. If you have your Bibles with you, if you don't, there's Bibles in front of you. Um, or you can use your Bible on your smart device and make sure to also check into Facebook and let people know you're here worshiping with us um, and uh, invite them to join us. Um, so uh, let's just uh, take a look at this passage this morning, which comes to us from Uh, the letter of Hebrews. Uh, Now, we're not sure who exactly wrote this letter, uh, but our passage for this morning is a continuation of the author's argument uh, that rest is an essential part uh, of the Christian life. And to make his case, the, the author gives the example of God's people in the wilderness after they had been rescued from slavery to the Egyptians. And he reminds us that that the reason that God's people didn't see the promised land for 40 years was not their physical ability to travel to the land of Canaan. It was their lack of faith in God. 
because you see the promised land, uh, or the land of Canaan, was only about 240 miles from Egypt, which would be an 11-day journey on foot. So think about that. From Egypt to Canaan was an 11-day journey on foot, but it took God's people 40 years to get from Egypt to Canaan. Why? Because while they had faith in God to deliver them from slavery in Egypt, their faith quickly faded once they began to wander in the desert. You know, they, they grumbled and complained against God. They resorted to idol worship. They were scared of the Canaanites instead of trusting in God uh, to protect and deliver them. You know, even though God provided for their every need along the way, they still refused to fully trust God. I mean, even though God had a place of rest prepared for them in the promised land, that first generation that wandered the wilderness did not inherit the promised land. And the author of Hebrews argues in the same way, living apart from God's rest is kind of like aimlessly wandering in the desert. And instead of entering into the rest that God has already prepared uh, for those who place their faith in Jesus. Because you see, God has prepared a place of eternal rest for us in heaven but it's only those who place their faith in Jesus who will enter into that rest. So we can kind of think of it like, uh, th think of it like two men lost in the desert together. All right, So they're, they're fatigued, they're dehydrated, they're hungry, and they come upon this large mountain. And instead of climbing this mountain, one of the men loses all hope and decides to simply lay down in the sand to die. But the other man holds out hope that he will find an oasis on the other side of that mountain. And as his friend lays down in the sand to die, the, the other continues over the mountain and finds that oasis on the other side. All right, so now did, did the one man's lack of hope mean that there wasn't an oasis on the other side of the mountain? No, of course not. It just means that he lacked faith that it would be there. All right, so the same goes for us in this life. God has prepared a place of eternal rest for us in heaven, but it's only those who place their faith in Jesus who will enter into that rest. And that's the author of Hebrews' first point in our passage for this morning, which is that God calls us to participate in His rest through faith and obedience. In verses 1 and 2, the, the author of Hebrews cautions his readers not to fall short of entering into God's rest, like God's people fell short of entering into the promised land in their wilderness wanderings. Because you see, that the reason God's people wandered from God in the wilderness was because they forgot all that God had done for them. You know, instead of remembering how God delivered them from slavery to the Egyptians and, and parted the Red Sea and provided for them in the, the wilderness, they only focused on their current hardships. And in the same way, when we succumb to busyness in our lives, we, we tend to forget about God and only focus on what is, is right in front of our faces. I, I want you to think about busyness almost as if you're wearing blinders that kind of give you tunnel vision. 
Um, and so instead of remembering how God has provided for us in the past and, and recalling God's promises to us, we're, we're just consumed by anxiety about the present. And so we, we just, that, that makes us hustle more and, and try harder, which only adds to our anxiety. So how do we break that endless cycle of busyness and anxiety? It begins by observing the Sabbath. You know, if, if heaven is the true resting place that God has prepared for His people, the Sabbath is the main way that we experience that rest in this life. The best way to think about the Sabbath is, is kind of like practicing for heaven. Okay, So think, think about the Sabbath as a, a practice for heaven where, where we worship and enjoy the life that God has given us in ways that honor him. And that, that means not trying to, to work to get ahead for the week to come, because in heaven we're not going to have to hustle to get ahead. There's going to be everything we, we possibly need because God has provided it. And the same goes for this life. We have faith that God is going to provide us all we need. And so we don't hustle on the Sabbath because we have faith. That means also not doing things that cause other people to work, because in heaven God's rest will be for all people. And so we honor this day as a day of rest. And, and most importantly, it means worshiping God. Because in, in heaven, we will worship God day and night. So it means making worship a priority on the Sabbath. And when you intentionally take one day per week to break from the busyness of life and rest in God's presence, I think you're going to be amazed at the kind of perspective it gives you on life the other six days of the week. If busyness is like blinders, it's kind of like practicing the Sabbath. It's kind of like taking those blinders off. It widens your gaze to remember who God is, the God that you serve, and what He's done, what He's doing in your life. And, and that begins to change your outlook on life. And, and in that way, that the Sabbath is a gift from God to us. Because from the beginning, God knew that we would need that space in our lives to remember who He is and what He has done. Which leads us to the author of Hebrews' second point, which is that we're called to imitate God's rest in this life. In verse 3 of our passage, the, the author says that God's works have been finished since the creation of the world. And this calls to mind the, the creation story in Genesis, um, in which the, the first Six days of creation have a morning and an evening, or in other words, a beginning and an ending. Okay, so that means that the, or I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the seventh day uh, of creation is when God rested, and on that day, there was no ending. There was no evening that day. So that, that means the seventh day of creation is still continuing on today. God is, is resting, and God calls us to participate in that rest. But that resting doesn't necessarily mean inactivity. You know, God only rested from the work of creation. He didn't rest from his work in the world that he created. So that means God isn't simply, you know, sitting in heaven on a lawn chair sipping lemonade. Um, because even in his rest, God is active in our lives today. In the same way, we're called to imitate this sort of, of active rest, uh, which begins with keeping the Sabbath. It's a very first step in experiencing God's rest in this life. 
You know, setting aside one day per week for worship and rest is that consistent reminder of the God we serve and what He has done for us in Jesus. And when you begin your week with, with worshiping God and honoring Him by resting from your labors and, and giving space uh, for your soul to breathe, that carries over into the rest of your week. Worship and rest then, then sets the tone for the next six days. You know, we're able to, to live in faith that the God we serve will provide for our every need throughout the rest of the week. So when we face the, the trials and difficulties of daily life, we'll remember that, that we don't have to be in control of our lives because we serve the one who is. Because ultimately, keeping the Sabbath is an acknowledgement that we are not the source of our own well-being. We are not the source of our own well-being. So that means, that, you know, if you're convinced that if you took uh, just one day per week to rest, that your entire world would fall apart. You know, if you say, man, if I, if I quit for even one day, you know, I think this, this will fall apart, this will happen, you know, I just can't quit, Pastor. I think that probably points to a deeper issue with your faith in God. Because on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And that means no matter how hard we hustle or, or work in this life, we can't do anything to add to what Jesus did on the cross for us. And if Jesus has secured our eternal well-being in heaven, then, then surely he is able to secure our well-being in this life as well. And if we're convinced that we can somehow add to that by working one extra day per week, then we need to ask ourselves if we really trust Jesus for our well-being, or are we just relying on ourselves for our own well-being? Brothers and sisters, God wants to give you the gift of rest, both in this life and in the life to come. And it begins with the Sabbath. It begins with the Sabbath. So how can we experience God's rest today? Um, I think the author of Hebrews gives us our answer in verse 11 of the passage where he says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the Israelites' example of disobedience. So it kind of sounds like an, an oxymoron uh, to have to make effort to enter into rest. But if you think about it, that's how life works. You know, vacations don't just happen. You know, to, to plan a good vacation takes a lot of work and intentionality. You know, not only to enjoy your time on the trip, but also not to be overwhelmed when you return. In the same way, taking a day for Sabbath rest means intentionally doing all of your necessary work in the days leading up to Sunday so you can just stop for a full day. And especially in a 24-7 culture, that does take quite a bit of intentionality. Because if it was up to the world, we could just work seven days a week and nobody would say a word about it. But if we want to honor God with our time, we're going to be intentional about doing all of our work in those six days leading up to the Sabbath and saying, you know what, I am going to stop for this day to worship God, to rest, to do acts of mercy and things that, that honor God on this one day per week. But what you're going to receive from God in return for that intentionality will make all that work worth it. So today, I, I just want to give you a simple challenge. I want, when you get home from worship today, 
uh, I want to challenge you to just sit down and make a list of excuses that might keep you from observing the Sabbath every week. I know I, I could probably fill two pages uh, with excuses myself of things that would keep me from taking one full day off per week. And then thing by thing, I want you to go through that list and ask God what it would take to remove some of those excuses in your life. And I think as you pray through that list, what you're going to realize is that a lot of it comes down to trust. Trust in Jesus, that he has done everything that he needs to do to to secure our well-being in this life. And to say, Jesus, maybe it's my lack of trust in your work that's keeping me from resting, that's keeping me from taking that day. You know, the saying goes, our, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. So, so I, I just pray for each of us that, that we would be able to find that rest in God and that it would begin with keeping the Sabbath holy, that this would be kind of that introductory practice that, that helps us to find rest in God the other six days of the week. Because once we, we start to work against that, that culture of, of just 24-7 constantly on and say, as an act of rebellion, if anything else, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to be a part of, of this culture that all it does is simply lead to, to burnout and, and just simple, simple exhaustion. And I'm going to intentionally find rest in God. God is going to begin to bless your life in ways that you probably didn't think were possible before. So let's just pray to God this morning that, that He would enable us to find rest in Him through keeping the Sabbath holy. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, um, we just pray that You would forgive us, Lord, for the times when we convince ourselves that our efforts are more important than they actually are. Lord, that you would forgive us for the times that, that we convince ourselves that, that we are, are so important that if we even stopped for one day, our whole world would fall apart. And Lord, would you help us to put our trust in Jesus? Lord, who on the cross said, it is finished. And when he said that, he meant it. Lord, that, that Jesus, who now sits at your right hand and, and reigns over all creation, is the one who provides for our every need. Lord, he is the one who gives us all we need, not just for today, but Lord, for each day in every circumstance and every trial. And Lord, um, would you just help us to take one day per week and just remember that, acknowledge it, to worship, to rest, to do things that feed our souls, to, to find rest in you so that we can find rest in you every day of the week, no matter what circumstances and what situations we might face. And so, God, would you just help us to reclaim the Sabbath, Lord, by faith, as an act of rebellion against this, this culture that, that is nonstop telling us to constantly be on and be working and be producing. Lord, would you just help us to find rest in your presence? And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen.